0: Before I read the scripture, please pray with me. Father God, we thank you for your word and for the rigor with which it was recorded. We pray this morning that we would receive it expectantly and be ready to be grown by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now our scripture this morning comes from Mark 2, verses 13 to 17. I wrote down in my notes, Matthew 2 verses 13 to 17, so, but I think I did get the verses from Mark, and looking back there, I did, so we're good. (laughs) So starting in verse 13, he went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners." This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God.
1: When they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? How would you answer? It's an important question. I couldn't come up with um, one way to say what I'm about to say. But you know, somebody asks you a question, and the assertions that underlie the question are wrong, so you can't answer the question because you'd be giving in to all these things that are wrong to begin with. Foundation is off. The mindset's off. Your knowledge of yourself asking this is off. The implications are all wrong. That who you enter a room with makes you ritually unclean. Like, that's wrong. That's off. It didn't bother Jesus. It bothers me. If someone asks me a question, I think the implications or the assertions or the self-knowledge are off. I struggle a little bit in the moment. I'll probably say words that I think are compelling and then later I'm like, those are not that good words. Jesus answers with this, uh, I think now relatively famous statement that he's been modeling and teaching and displaying the power of when he says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. See, Jesus didn't just eat with sinners, he recruited them. And not this particular sinner, Levi, but Matthew, is a defiler, one who many believed when he entered a room, made everyone in the room unclean, became one who preached and wrote about the gospel, which made people clean through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not just that Jesus sat with sinners, he ate with them, which is kind of a double defiling in some of the Pharisees' minds. And Jesus didn't do it because he was sweet. He was incensed in chapter one. In the uh, overturning of the temple, we see his anger and his emotions. He didn't sit with sinners and tax collectors because sin isn't a big deal. Sometimes uh, in our shortchanging of complicated conversations about temptation or sin or whatever, we can say something profoundly untrue, which is that it's not a big deal. Jesus is opposing Levi's sin, which was lying and theft, through friendship. Levi knows that he needs rescue. I think you do know that. That's why you're sitting here, where you did know that, and that's what led you to turn away from yourself, away from your ways, to Christ's ways. Jesus recruited, didn't just sit with and eat with sinners. He recruited them, and he enjoyed their company. (laughs) And this is going to sound like a discount Hallmark card. (laughs) That's how much I don't like what I'm about to say, but the truth of it is so worth saying. Friendship is an essential part of God's cosmic grand rescue plan. And in befriending Levi... And Zacchaeus and Matthew, I don't know how familiar you are with the scriptures. Jesus is doing anything but condoning their lying and theft of their neighbors. He's opposing it, but he's opposing it through friendship. Which is one of the most profound gifts of the kingdom, both given and received. Our friendships with one another and others that God has put into our life. A person came to faith in Jesus last year and it's because a friend brought them to church and because other people befriended this person and they befriended other people and one of those people said, I think it's time for you to put your faith in Jesus and this person did. And I love this story. I've heard it from multiple people because I'm like, so the sermons like didn't get in the way? <laughs> the music was okay, you know? Is so much more profound than my words are all of us living out the truths of the gospel in friendship. In enjoying one another's company. The scribes of the Pharisees would have thought Levi walking into this house made it impure. It's probably Peter's house. Mark, for reasons I'll, I'll talk about in just a minute, is, is ri- the style he's writing matches the content of his writing in that it's brisk. And sometimes we're not positive where we are, even though it says his, his house. Who's, who's he? Probably Peter. Jesus probably didn't own a house in Capernaum. It's probably not Levi's house. They would have thought that Levi brought in and, they, and all of these other tax collectors and sinners would have made the house unclean. And what's actually happening is Jesus is purifying those who are looking at him and beginning to trust him and respond gratefully to his preaching, which was accentuated and and, uh, amplified by his miracles. And Jesus did this so often that later on in his ministry, he gets accused of being a glutton and a drunkard because he enjoyed people so much. What better way to oppose their sin You know, we don't know what he said to Levi. We don't know how it went afterwards for Levi. Levi probably was a member of the house church in Capernaum. That's how we know his name and the story. We don't know. We don't know. When when Jesus uh, invites Zacchaeus to a meal at Zacchaeus' house, we know what happened afterwards. Zacchaeus became generous. He was freed of the self-imprisoned sin of greed that we're all tempted by, or most of us are tempted by, into the Flourishing life of generosity. We don't know what he said. We do know that it was through friendship that Jesus pursued him. What is sin, by the way? What do they mean, sinner? I'm not positive what they meant, because Mark just blows right past it. But I know what the rest of the scripture says about it, and it's worth mentioning. Sin is a violation of God's holiness. Because he is good And he created the world to be good and for the creation to flourish in the world. It's also a harm. It also harms neighbor. And it disintegrates self. All the commands of God that we're tempted to ignore or not learn or not turn towards are ways that we are uh, tempted and sometimes participate in violating his character They harm our neighbor, and they disintegrate self. And the reason it's important to get the order right is that's how we're healed, is receiving the gospel at a deep level because of our understanding and esteem through faith of God and our longing that our neighbor flourish and also that we heal and grow up and mature and become our full selves. In some ways, it's the opposite approach of self-help, which would say if you'd spend two to five minutes a day on this, you'll feel and think and be so much better. And sometimes that's true, but it's always symptomatic. And the gospel is anything but. And therefore the bad news of the gospel is very profound and powerful, which is good news because we get to turn from our tendencies to greed towards the opportunity to be generous, our time with our friendship, our stuff. And money. Levi's sin was greed. And Jesus' friendship with him freed him into being generous, which <laughs> was part of his restoration of his relationship with God. It's part of how his neighbors were no longer oppressed by the Roman system that Levi was using to get rich. And the self-made prison that all sin creates. Jesus recruited sinners and he enjoyed their company as he welcomed them. And just after this, they asked Jesus a question about fasting. And Jesus gives these very interesting answers that if you uh, use your concordance, become more interesting. Some of you have a Bible, mine doesn't because I don't like reading a Bible with a concordance. I like having one, but it has all these verses in the middle of them, right? You guys know what a concordance is? Well, a good concordance about this section where he talks about uh, sewing cloth and wineskins will take you to Hosea chapter 2 and Isaiah chapter 62, 5, and Ezekiel chapter 16 and Jeremiah chapter 2 and Isaiah chapter 54, and here's why. People fast then and now to give up something and focus their prayers for a temporary period of time. Then they also fasted so that the Messiah would appear. So Jesus is saying, there's no need to fast for me to appear. But he's saying it in an apocalyptic way. Oh yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do some fun words today. Those of you that like cooking with a crock pot, you're wise, because crock pots make things taste better. The moment where you take the lid off and you can smell what's cooking, and it was salsa chicken or pot roast. Because you, you, know, you can't see it because it's all steamed up. That's an uncovering. That's what the word apocalyptic means. Sometimes it has to do with end time stuff. That's eschatology. But it always means an uncovering. Jesus is letting people know with deliberate apocalyptic language. Mark's the most apocalyptic of the Gospels. That's why things happen suddenly. When he's baptized, the sky is ripped open. The cloth here is ripped in the analogy. The wineskins burst. Everything happens immediately. As an opportunity for us to pay attention the way that the people witnessing this were paying attention that, oh, I can turn suddenly away from my way of doing life to his way and have my relationship with him restored and get out of this self-made prison of my way. Jesus is recruiting sinners and enjoying their company and welcoming them and that was disrupting the world. Of these rituals that some of these people were following that were not giving them life or allowing them to be even quicker to judge and to harm one another and distract them from actual worship and service to God. Isaiah 62, 5 says, For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you, and as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. That's what Mark is helping us see that when Jesus said that, he was telling them, This has come true in your very midst. And understanding it is going to be a, a series of Uncoverings until the end of Mark chapter 8 when Jesus begins to speak more directly and at greater length about who he is and what he's coming to do. In the meantime, we're disrupted watching Jesus recruit the sinners and enjoy their company as he welcomed them to see him. Right before this is a very well-known story where some dear friends of a par- of a paralyzed man unroofed the roof that's the greek for it because the roof was made out of like grass and mud and they had to dig into it and unroof the roof because they wanted to see jesus and they didn't realize that the need of the man was to be forgiven then to be healed Just after this, the disciples are plucking heads of grain and the uh, Pharisees are asking why and Jesus gives a very, very, very odd answer. He references King David when he took bread that was reserved for priests and his point is, Jesus' followers know that in following him, that's not how I want to say that, Jesus' followers understand the point of the law and are not burdened by it the way that these Pharisees were. They had developed 39 other rules surrounding the day of rest, and Jesus' followers were happy to not worry about that, but to follow the true king. We see the paralytic actually see Jesus and gratefully receive forgiveness and then healing. We see Levi follow Jesus and be forgiven of his sins of uh, dishonesty and greed. We see Jesus explain apocalyptically, but nevertheless explain that the bridegroom is here, who is the true king, who will set people free from their ways and learn his ways. I think we are by nature judgmental people on all sorts of ways, and I was thinking about it this week, and the ways that we would judge circumstantially can be upended immediately. If we have found a way to stay fit somehow in our busy lives, we will naturally start to judge those who are not able to stay fit. But what happens if we get injured and are not able to stay in whatever kind of health that we're in? We do this with intelligence, some of us have been gifted with a certain amount of intelligence, and we will, by nature, judge people who aren't as good at certain kinds of intelligences as we are as less than. What happens if we get a head injury? We will then judge ourselves the way that we had been judging others, semi-consciously. Some of us are better at making money, We're in that circumstantial and part of our, your gift set, or our whoever. What happens if our work is taken away from us? People uh, watched three recessions and seen businesses thrive and then go to zero. If we haven't turned to Jesus' ways, we're going to naturally build a, a prison for ourselves around what we think and how we have assessed the world And then if that world is taken from us, we'll judge ourselves for that. And the alternative is only to run to Jesus and to see him clearly and to repent as constantly as we're able for our judgmental attitude about whatever. I gave three examples that I find compelling to myself that I offer to you and turn away from our ways of judging ourselves and others to his paths away from our tendency to greed towards generosity, away from... That's my riffing on how Jesus befriended tax collectors and sinners, which frees us to do the same because he pursued us even as we are by nature sinners. Pray with me. Jesus, we are so thankful that these men unroofed their roof, that we might learn a little more about your power and receive your forgiveness and healing also. We are so thankful that Jesus pursued friendship regularly with all sorts of messy folk. And we're thankful that he pursued us even while we were sinners in friendship and in welcome. And we ask that by faith we would see him and be comforted and convicted, trust him and then gratefully follow him. Amen.